because we 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 have chosen jobs and careers thinking sin. For me, chosen associates and friendships thinking them what's in it for me. Many of us we 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 we, we serve in various organizations in uh, 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 in volunteer uh, uh, companies thinking, man, what's in it for me? Some even date, even married. Say, man, what's in it for me? Some have even chosen a church home thinking, what's We serve in the same church thinking, what's in it for me? The sad reality, probably the ultimate reality that saddens us is that many of us, right here, but somewhere else, have believed in Jesus. Jesus, but is asking 
question is, what's in it for me? Before I get into our text today, let me just give you a little background on, on the Gospel of Martin. What they say is the oldest gospel written. That Luke and Matthew, they borrowed from Martin as they wrote their gospel out. When you look at Martin, Martin's purpose is to is to is to is to claim to the Jewish or to the uh, uh, Greek Christians in Rome, man, that Christ is the suffering Savior who came to who, who, who came to deliver us from this epidemic of our sins. Yeah, He's yeah. trying to tell us that there is a Savior who came in the form of God to suffer on the cross, not to primarily. Deliver us from Rome, but, but from ourselves. When you look at the gospel of Mark, it's, it's all about the action of Jesus. And now everything Christ did, everything Christ said, everything Christ did or thought, it was never WWFM. It was always WIIFYWWFM. What? What is it? What is it for my father? What is it for my father? So, who will not? Everything he did, said, and thought, it was man, what's in it for my father? And his disciples are like us today who were in him. Can we admit not so much? Us being in Christ, united with Christ, seated with Christ in heaven, we still think about what's in it. So we're going to look at Mark chapter 10 and see how Christ's love and grace, how he deals with these disciples by now. He's been walking with for some three years and some change. Now, it's key to note that before we get into Mark chapter 10, that if you go up two verses before, Christ has just explained to him he's about to go to the cross and die. That's like in uh, Mark chapter 10, verse 23 uh, through 34, it says, Then they were handed over to the Gentiles. And they will mock him, dead Christ. They will spit on him. They will flog him and kill him. And he will rise after three days. He said what the, what the Greek leaders are going to do to him on his way to being crucified. Now, on his way to being crucified, here we see you got two guys that just can't get over themselves. Says to of, 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 of these disciples, it says in, in verse uh, 35 of chapter 10, it says, James and John, if you study this, history said they were cousins with Jesus, of Jesus. If you read in Matthew chapter 10, it says that James, that the mother of James and John, who happens to be his aunt, she voices what Matthew says that James and John themselves voice. So here we got this different we have called you have nepotism. Kinfolk. 
trying to ask favors. So you got Jane and Joe, who again studied as the cousins of Jesus. Uh, the sons of Zebedee, they approach Christ, they're, they're half cousin. It said, Teacher, um, we, we, James and I, want you, Sylvia, of all, to do whatever we ask you. Don't tell us what I'm from. I mean, is that not like us? Before I tell you what it is, would you please commit first to doing it, Jesus? Let me first say, commit, and then we'll tell you. Well, just because we got that. Here's the way I want you. I want you to bless us. Will you please bless us? Rather than say, what is it that you want? Now, watch how Christ deals with his disciples in verse. 36. They asked him, what do you want? And then in verse 36, he said, uh, Christ says, what do you want me to do for you? Mm. I just want to stop and ask If Christ was to come and visit your room tonight, and Christ, the creator of all, more powerful than any other being, asked you what was it, or what is it that you want him to do, what would you answer? We're about to see the, the, the ridiculous answer of James and John. He asked them in, in verse 37, we see what they say. They answered Jesus, him, will you allow us to sit at your right and at your left hand in glory? Here, you have the clay trying to suggest to the potter, we want the seat of glory. Now, Christ had just allowed them in the previous chapter to see him transcend. And on his left and right was Moses and Elijah. You travel over one chapter, James and John can't get that that picture out their mind. Man, we want to see they not. So they're talking, and as they leave, man, they are, they are talking amongst themselves. And this time they exclude Peter. Peter was there with them in Mark ch chapter 9, but Peter ain't their brother. It's James and John, again, nepotism. James and John, they exclude Peter for the first time ever you see in scriptures. It's all about themselves. Man, can you give? I didn't see Moses, Elijah, and Elisha. I didn't see Moses, Elijah, and Abraham. There's only two seats. So Peter, sorry, man. Christ give Peter, give John, and I those seats of glory. See, when, when I asked him to sit at uh, 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 to give them place at their right hand and, and left hand, and they want to get schooled. They want to see. Man, they want, if, if you ever happen to be transferred again, I want people to see on the left and right James and John, not Moses and Elijah. Yeah. It's all about themselves. 
when Christ had just mentioned, he's going to give his life for them. He's going to die for them. And they still can't get off them. I think that is so, I think that's the setting, that's the backdrop of this text. Christ is about to go and suffer the greatest act of suffering to a man who did not deserve it. And how big figures was spent for me. They are with Christ with this mentality. We are in Christ yeah, yeah. in the same way. We are in Christ. The source is the Savior of all, the giver of all these. We have Jesus, yeah. and we still want him to do something outside of satisfying us with himself. Yeah, yeah. We want his hands, not his heart. Right. We want Christ to, to hook us up and not enjoy hanging around with him. Will you please do something else, Jesus? You ain't enough. Being with you, being in you is not enough. Do something, Jesus. We're not content, satisfied with Christ, who is our all. And so, like the disciples heard, we need Christ plus something else to satisfy us. As if Christ isn't enough. See, it's good here to poke fun at James and John. Man, but if you don't see yourself in James and Sons and in James and John, you're missing the point. You've got to see you in India. Because we're at the same way now as they acted. We haven't changed. Right. But I love Jesus. I love how he deals with these ridiculous and sad disciples. Look what he says here in verse 38. So you guys, you guys want, you want the seat of glory. Look what Christ tells them in verse 38. Jesus, Jesus said to the young man, you, you guys don't know what you're asking. You are clueless. He says, are you able to, to drink a cup I drink or to be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with? You want the crown, the crown, without the cross. You want the seat without suffering. So that is I'm about to drink a drink that you guys can't even tell them. So he's trying to teach them. He's patient with you. Man, are you guys able? Do you guys understand what they're asking? And look at the rashness and the, the craziness <laughs> of James and John. They don't miss a beat. Verse, th uh, verse 39. Well, <laughs> They told him, the cup you just mentioned is the baptism you have. We're able to drink from it. 
Christ's grace. He said to them, you, you will drink. <laughs> you will drink the cup I drink. And you will be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with. But to sit at my right or left is not mine to give. As we jump down to verse 40, going over to Matthew 20, 23, that has been prepared by the Father in heaven. They're asking Christ to do something that Christ on earth could not do. It wasn't the authority or the will of the Father or to grant the Son the ability to sit people wherever they want, wanted to sit at. Verse 40 says, that had already been prepared by the Father. Now let me just explain it. And I think this is going to really have be, be a blessing. If you go back to verse 38, and, and just studying, you know, just studying the original text, there is a definite article in front of the cup and the baptism. When Christ is thinking about the cup and the baptism, he's thinking about something in particular. If you go back to Old Testament or, or, or you move forward to Mark chapter 14, verse 36, this cup is the cup that only Christ will be able to drink that would have a redemptive purpose behind it. This cup, in this cup would be his father's wrath that they deserve. But in this cup would be the, the, uh, the death that Christ would die, not for himself, but for us. Yeah. And this cup would be the punishment he would take over us, not for himself. And this cup, he would drink every ounce of wrath that we rightfully deserve. In this cup, he would save those who would have nothing to do with him. school of health professionals. 
experiment designed to conduct it. Took chemistry and I dropped out anyway. But I understood that, 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 that being a doctor was not my thing. But in school, I, I learned that there is this thing called hematidrosis. Hematidrosis is where you can sweat and, bl and blood enters your sweat. Your sweating sweat draws on or sweating blood. It's, it's, it's a real medical term. Hema is H-E-M-I-T-I-D-R-O-S-I-S. A real medical term. And so Christ is about to face the cross. And he's suffering so much so that sweat and blood is mixed into his agony. That's just how much suffering he's going. Now, some would say he's suffering because of he's going to become sin our death. And all that's true. All that's true. But I think the reason why he's, he's suffering or facing the anguish so much so is that for the first time in him becoming sin, he's going to be separated from his father. As he pursues the cup, he's all saying, I say, I'm going to be forsaken by my father. For those who were loved and adopted by my father would never be forsaken. Do you not know that for, that for eternity, the father, the son, and the spirit had never been separated? On the cross, you'll see Christ says, Will 
But it's also true that every Christian that follows Jesus partakes of the cup every Sunday. The cup of life and blessing. But in the midst of suffering every week, we get a chance to come up and, and partake of the cup that Christ before us. And that's the joy in communion. Communion is not a bad thing. Communion reminds us of the eternal fact that God the Father sent God the Son to die, redeem, restore, reconcile, redeem, unite us to God the Father. When we come back in repentance, man, we come and we partake of the cup of blessing and life. We don't run from communion. Two communion. And celebration of what Christ has done for you despite. We get to enjoy the work of Christ. We do so much so that one Sunday we did not take communion and one family threatened to leave on. Because we understood the, the beauty and depth of communion. That's how they said that our souls did. We look forward to feasting on the finished work of Christ on our behalf. So even in the midst of suffering, now we get, we come, we get to come in to partake of the Lord's Supper. So don't, don't miss that blessing. So, in, so now as Christ moves on, he's about to now deal with serving. So let me move on. So, from verses 42 and, and 45, he's going to explain what greatness is, what is not, and who is the example. So look at verse 42. Jesus called them over and, and said to them, You know that those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and those in high positions act as tyrants over them, but not so with you. Now, in short, the Jews were under oppression of the Roman government. And this government, they were lording, they were dominating, they were dominating, they, they were demanding the Jews to submit to them while they were oppressed. So they were, so they were lording, demanding submission. And Christ says, even though, I'm going to flip this script soon, but even though, when you guys become leaders or more so servants, you are not to dominate, that is, make anybody or demand anybody or even desire anybody to uh, to submit to you. You don't demand submission. You exude submission. He said, don't be like the Gentiles who demand submission. He said, Rather than you demanding submission, why don't you desire submission under the kingdom of God? Hence, verse 43b. On the contrary, whoever wants to become great among you will be your servant. Whoever wants to be great among you all 
your servants. And whoever wants to be first among you must be a good, you will be a slave to some. Went to seminary, praise God. To begin to do. I was, what does the word all mean? Very nice. Somebody who does not know Greek does all means all. Amen? We can pick and choose when and who to serve. If you want to be first, if you want God to put you first on his list, you got to be a slave to everyone. If you want, if you want to be great, God let your servant to all. And the one who has the ability to save all can demand and does demand that we be a servant to all. But if you want to be great, if you want to be first in the kingdom, he says, let me let, let me start to serve it on earth. And in God's kingdom, I don't care what folks say. When I see you serving, when I see you slaving for me, which Paul read his letters, did not mind being called a slave of Jesus, a prisoner of Jesus. So much so that he went to jail for proclaiming the gospel of Jesus. Paul didn't mind. Y'all, listen to me. Christians, when you were at work, home, on the block, in the mall, wherever you are, you are called to be a servant of all. The question is, do you serve to be great or do you serve to be first? I'm going to suggest that you don't serve to be great. You don't serve to be uh, first. Christ gives you why you serve in verse 45. For even the Son of Man <laughs> did not come to, to be served, but to serve. So yes, it's true that in God's kingdom, when you serve your fellow, in God's kingdom, when you serve the great, but you do it because you follow the example of the one who did serve all. You do it as Christ being your greatest motivation. Why do you want to serve your enemies? Because Christ served his enemies. See, and then not only certain people, we want to serve. And if we follow the example of Christ who served Judas, the one who kissed him and betrayed him, and yet he washed his feet, who are we to pick and choose when and who we serve? We follow the example of Jesus, who being God did not come to serve, uh, 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 to be served, but to how do I get to the point to where I can serve and not want to be served? Because that's the point Christ always stayed. He never sought to be served. He always sought to be uh, to serve. How do you get there? May I submit to you that when you are satisfied with the Father and you desire God's will over your will, then and only then can you 
serve and not desire to be served. That was because Christ was so satisfied with his Father and desired to do his will that he was surrendered to serve his Father in whatever capacity the Father deemed him to serve. So much so that when Christ goes on the cross, that's not some, that's not some, some accident. When Christ dies, this hideous death on the cross, that's not some accident. That did not catch his father by surprise. Isaiah says this of this. Isaiah 53, verse 8 says, He, Christ, was taken away because of the oppression and judgment. And who considered his fate? For he was cut off from the land of the living. He was struck because of my people's rebellion. Christ was struck not because he rebelled, but they rebelled. He was assigned a grave with the wicked, but he was with a rich man at his death because he had done no violence and had not and, and had not spoken deceitfully. Verse ten. Yet the Lord was pleased to crush him for good. When you make him a good offering, he will see his seed. He will prolong his days, and by his hand. For the Lord's pleasure in him will be accomplished. Yeah. Remember in Luke 22, when Christ says, Father, if you're willing, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Jesus is able to fulfill the will of the Father. Because he was fully satisfied. There are Christians who try to serve God by serving others by not first being satisfied with the Father. <clears throat> you can't serve to the glory of God and not spend time with God. You can't serve those who hate you and not spend time with him who loves you. You can't serve the enemies if you don't spend time with the one who's your friend. But if you want to serve in a way that, that, that makes God great, you got to die to yourself. But to die yourself by looking to Christ, the author and finisher of your faith, who's able to sustain you, to move you, to serve people who you don't like, who you don't love, who you don't care for, who at times you try to avoid. And I said, that's not the kind of service that Christ himself has called us to. He called us to be a servant to all. If you want to make his name great, you can't, you can't pick and choose who to serve. Well, how about something because Christ, on dying on the cross, he, he performed the greatest act of service ever. That he was able to serve not to not to be served, but to serve God by dying on the cross for you 
for our sins. In his death, he paid the the, the price that we could not pay. In his death, he made peace between you and God. In his death, he took away our sins and dealt with our guilt. In his death, he demonstrated God's love for us. In his death, he served us that we might serve him by serving others. You cannot serve God and not die to self. You got to die by believing in God more than yourself. His price is too much for you to come and stand and make it all about you. It was too much. For me, and if you rise to serve my wife, making it all about me. Son, I died for you. But no longer would you think about F W I I F N. But W I I F G. What's the end?
Thank you. 